Welcome to the Relevant Truth Podcast. My name is Roger Mason. This podcast is dedicated to examining biblical truth. The Bible is overflowing with relevant truth, useful in our everyday lives. Thus the title, Relevant Truth. The Bible was relevant to those that first heard it through the apostles and prophets. It is also timeless truth, which means it is relevant for us today in the 21st century. It is my hope that through this podcast, you will be both encouraged and challenged as we look at the Bible together. In today's podcast, we will be examining God's promise of protection elaborated for us in Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This psalm speaks of both physical and spiritual dangers that the Lord will protect us from as we trust in God as our refuge and fortress. Psalm 91, reading from the New Living Translation. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord. He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God and I am trusting him, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the fatal plague. He will shield you with his wings. He will shelter you with his feathers. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you, but you will see it with your eyes. You will see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your dwelling. For he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your foot on a stone. You will trample down lions and poisonous snakes. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will satisfy them with long life and give them my salvation. The author of Psalm 91 is not specifically identified, but it is believed to be Moses. Psalm 91 is similar to Psalm 90. Moses is identified as the author of Psalm 90. It was the practice of Jewish interpreters to assign the authorship of an unnamed psalm to the writer of the psalm that was written before it. The descriptions given in Psalm 91 fit well with the life and experience of Moses. In verse 3, it talks about the fatal plague. In verse 5, it talks about the terrors of the night. In verse 6, it talks about the plague that stalks in darkness. In verse 7, it talks about thousands falling at your side and 10,000 are dying around you. Verse 10, no plague will come near your dwelling. And verse 11, he orders his angels to protect you. 
all of these descriptions fit well with Israel's exodus from Egypt, reminiscent of the plagues and the Passover. This psalm is called a messianic psalm, meaning that it was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Without question, Jesus lived his life in the shelter of the Most High and found rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He was the recipient of all of the promises of protection given in this psalm. This psalm also has a direct application to those that put their trust in God as their refuge and fortress. The psalmist was convinced that there was security in trusting God. God will provide protection from the attacks of the wicked for those who trust in him. This psalm speaks of both physical and also spiritual dangers that the Lord will protect us from. These promises do not apply to the self-willed, but only for those who live in the shelter of the Most High. So let's examine what this psalm has to say about God's protection. First, in verses 1 and 2 of this psalm, we see God's protection qualified. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I am trusting Him. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2 in the New Living Translation. Let's read it in the New King James Version. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. We find security and protection in trusting God. The Bible's image of the shelter or the shadow in verse 1 and the refuge and the fortress in verse 2 all signify divine protection. These two verses contain a wonderful promise of protection for the believer. But notice that the promise is not for all who believe, but only those who are willing to live in the shelter of the Most High, to take up residence there. The person who trusts in God is the one who lives close to God. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High are those who are constantly and continuously dwelling in God's presence. Those who take up residence in the secret place of the Most High will find protection and safety. We are to live in the shadow and in the safety of the Almighty. The sun casts a shadow. We are to live in the shadow of God. To live under the shadow is to live close to God. Jesus lived according to the qualifications of verses 1 and 2. Jesus dwelt in the secret place of the Most High, and he abided under the shadow of the Almighty. There never was a life like his. He lived his life in absolute, unbroken fellowship with the Father. He never acted in self-will, but did only those things that the Father directed. He lived his life on earth in utter and complete dependence on God. Jesus could honestly say, He alone, that is God the Father, is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I am trusting in Him. 
It is of little comfort to us that God is a refuge or a place of safety unless we are able to say, He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. In verses 3 to 13, we have a detailed description of God's protection. The psalmist explains that no harm or disaster can come upon those who have made the Lord their shelter. This doesn't mean that we are immunized from all of life's difficulties. That Christians are guaranteed a life that is carefree and without difficulty. Jesus lived in the shelter of the Most High and found rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And every word of Psalm 91 was true for Jesus. Yet he still faced many trials in life. And he died a cruel death on the cross. Christ's death on the cross was part of the Father's plan, so of course God did not spare His Son from the cross. The salvation of the entire world depended upon it. Yet every promise found in Psalm 91 was true for Jesus. Verses 3 to 13 elaborate on God's promise of protection. We are given eight specifics about God's protection in these verses. So let's look at them. First, deliverance from hidden danger, verse 3. For he will rescue you from every trap. That's what the New Living Translation says. The New King James Version says it this way. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. There are dangers which are evident, and there are dangers which are hidden from sight. A fowler is one who sets a trap for a bird. The snare speaks of the enemy's evil plot to trap the believer. The description given here is that of a hidden danger. The danger that comes upon a helpless innocent person just going about their daily business. The devil is a fowler, like one who traps a bird. He skillfully prepares a trap for the believer. Whatever this danger be, we need not fear it, because God will protect us from hidden dangers, dangers that are under the surface. He will see to it that this skillful deceiver will not entrap us. We need not fear hidden dangers, because God will protect us from them. Secondly, protection from fatal disease, also found in verse 3. The last part of verse 3 reads this way, and protect you from fatal plague. Or the New King James Version says, and from the perilous pestilence. The description given here is that of a deadly disease, a danger that comes upon the weak and helpless. There is no record of Jesus ever being sick. It appears that Jesus walked in divine health his entire life. God has promised us protection from fatal disease. Thirdly, found in verse 4, a shelter of protection. He will shield you with his wings. He will shelter you with his feathers. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. The New King James Version reads it this way, He shall cover you. You shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. That's the image that we're given here. 
God's tender personal care is like that of a mother bird with her young. God is like a mother hen sheltering her young from the dangers of the sky. Hawks or other birds of prey that fly in the sky and the snares of the field. We are concealed from danger and protected from attack under his protective care. Recently in a YouTube video, I watched a baby duckling caught in a pond with its mother attempting to protect the duckling. A man tried to loosen the duckling's foot caught in something underneath the water. The mother duck was attacking the man, trying to protect its baby. Then the man realized that a snapping turtle, submerged underneath the water, had a hold of the duckling's foot. The man was able to get the duckling free from the turtle's mouth. This illustrates for us the hidden submerged dangers that are out there. But God is watching over us to protect us from these hidden dangers. Think of the pillar of cloud which protected Israel from the desert sun in the wilderness. Israel was shaded and shielded from the overpowering heat of the desert sun as they wandered in the wilderness. In the same way, God shades and shields us from danger. God's truth, His faithful promises are like a double armor, a shield and a buckler. A buckler was the coat of body armor worn by soldiers that protected every part of the warrior's body. God's promises are true. What he has said, he will do. This is the believer's shield and buckler. Fourthly, God will free us from fear. Verses 5 and 6. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plague that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. There are four types of dangers that we find in these two verses. First, terrors of the night, verse 5. This describes an attack made by an enemy under the cover of darkness. You have no idea from which direction the attack will come or the nature of the attack because of the darkness. Secondly, also found in verse 5, the dangers of the day. The King James Version says, the arrows that fly by day. The picture painted here is that of one who stays under cover to avoid being struck by flying arrows. Then in verse 6, the plague that stalks in darkness. This could describe physical disease flourishing under the cover of darkness, or possibly moral evil thriving in darkness. And then also in verse 6, the disaster that strikes at midday. The picture painted here for us could be that of a man who seeks shade from the hot midday sun to avoid sunstroke when the sun is at its hottest. God is the answer to all such fears, whether rational or irrational. The Hebrew divides the 24-hour day into four parts, evening, midnight, morning, and midday. In these two verses, the hours of danger are divided accordingly. But when man makes God his refuge, he is always safe, day and night, every hour 
from every danger. Fifthly, God keeps us safe in the midst of massacre. Verses 7 and 8. A thousand fall at your side. Though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. That's verse 7. Here we have a description of a battle scene with the slaughter of thousands of soldiers all around you. Even though you are surrounded by wholesale slaughter, on every side the Lord has kept you absolutely safe. These evils will not touch you. Even though you are close to danger, yet you are kept far from harm. However close you are to the battle, however long the list of casualties around you, you will survive unscathed. But you will see it with your eyes. You will see how the wicked are punished. That's verse 8. When the wicked are punished, you will be a spectator only, perfectly safe and free from the possibility of harm. God will keep you safe even in the middle of a war zone. Number six, God will protect you from calamity, verses 9 and 10. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your dwelling. That's verses 9 and 10. Now we have a repetition of verses 1 and 2. The Lord being our refuge and shelter. He who makes God his refuge shall find himself in safety. He who makes God his shelter will find his dwelling protected. The psalmist assures us that this man shall be secure and safe. But we must make the Lord our habitation by choosing to trust and rest in Him. Then in verse 10, No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your dwelling. We shall receive immunity from harm. No evil shall touch you personally, and no judgment shall assault your household. I would like to read to you a story from the life of Paulus Fagus who illustrates for us God's protection. Before his departure from Izni, the town was greatly afflicted with the pestilence. And he, understanding that many of the wealthiest of the inhabitants intended to forsake the place, without having any respect or care of such as labored with the disease, and that the houses of such were infected, were commanded to be shut up by the magistrate, he openly admonished them either to continue in the town or liberally to bestow their alms before their departure for the relief of such as were sick. And during the time of the visitation, he himself in person would visit those who were sick. He would administer spiritual comfort unto them, pray for them, and would be present with them day and night. And yet by the provision of God he remained untouched and was preserved by the all-powerful hand of God. When plague hit this man's city, he stayed behind and worked with the needy, trusting God to protect him from that plague. Seventh, God orders an angelic escort to protect us. Verses 11 and 12. For he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your foot on a stone. This is the passage which Satan quoted to Jesus 
when tempting him to throw himself down from the pinnacle of the temple in Luke 4 verses 10 and 11. Jesus did not deny that these verses applied to him, but he did deny that this scripture authorized him to jump off the temple. If Jesus had jumped, he would have been acting out of the Father's will, and the promise of protection would not have been valid. We have a bodyguard of angels who have been commissioned by the Lord to watch carefully over God's children and to protect them from danger. Have you ever experienced a close call with death, but lived to tell about it? It is very possible that your angelic bodyguards were at work during that time in your life. 8. God gives us victory over Satan. Verse 13. You will trample down lions and poisonous snakes. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. It is interesting that when Satan tempted Jesus by quoting verses 11 and 12, that he stopped before he came to verse 13. Verse 13 describes his defeat. The scriptures describe the devil as a roaring lion and as an ancient serpent. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. Be careful. Watch out for attacks by the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion. And then Revelation 12 and verse 9. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Satan is like a roaring lion which lies in wait and stalks its prey. Satan is like a serpent that employs stealth and deception to destroy its prey. Both of these descriptions fittingly portray the way the devil works. The verse describes our victory over Satan as we live in the shelter of the Almighty. You will trample down lions and poisonous snakes. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. To summarize what we've been promised in verses 3 to 13, we've been promised deliverance from hidden danger, verse 3, protection from fatal disease, verse 3, a shelter of protection, verse 4, freedom from fear, verses 5 and 6, safety in the midst of massacre, verses 7 and 8, protection from calamity, verses 9 and 10, an angelic escort to protect us, verses 11 and 12, and victory over Satan, verse 13. Now let's move on to the last three verses of this psalm, verses 14 to 16, God's declaration of protection. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will satisfy them with long life and give them my salvation. In these verses, the psalmist wrote as if God himself spoke to confirm his promise of protection. The Lord says, I will, followed by six promises, all starting with the words, I will. The six I wills of Psalm 91. The first I will is this, 
I will rescue those who love me. The verb used here for love is not the usual Hebrew word for love. The Hebrew word conveys the idea of holding close to or hugging tightly in love. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. That's the New King James Version. The Lord doesn't say because he is without sin or because he has perfectly kept my law or because he is worthy, therefore I will deliver him. The Lord sees a man with all of his imperfections who loves the Lord and he says, I will rescue or I will deliver him. When God sees that that man has set his love upon me, he is pleased. When God sees that intense single-hearted love for God, he is pleased with that man and he will rush to protect him and rescue him. What God wants for us is found in the words of Jesus, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. That's Mark 12 and verse 30. The words of Jesus here describes a man who has set his love upon the Lord. The second I will, verse 14, I will protect those who trust in my name. This speaks of an intimate, experiential knowledge of God, not of a vague familiarity with God. To trust in his name is to have faith in, depend on, and rely on the Lord. The third I will is found in verse 15. When they call on me, I will answer. When the Bible says that God will answer us, this doesn't mean that God will always give us what we want. Some people have a misconception about the meaning of, I will answer. God's answer may be a promise that you have to believe for. It may involve a condition that you have to fulfill. Or it may be an outright refusal. That is God's answer. No. The fourth I will is found in the last part of verse 15. I will be with them in trouble. God promises us his special divine presence during times of trial. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's Isaiah 43, verses 2 and 3. Notice in that in these verses, that you're walking through the river, that you're walking through the fire. You're not escaping those things. You're actually facing them, but God's helping you through them. When you go through the river, it's not overflowing you. When you walk through the fire, it's not burning you or scorching you. But nonetheless, you're still going through those things. But God is protecting you as you go through it. The fifth I will is found in verse 15. I will rescue them and honor them. God will rescue and deliver us when we need his help. The man who honors God will in turn be honored by God. The sixth I will is found in verse 16. I will satisfy them with long life and give them my salvation. 
The man described in verse 16 is the one who dies with a satisfied life and is content in leaving it behind. It is the opposite of the description given in Psalm 90 verses 9 and 10. This describes a quality of life that Israel experienced in the wilderness because of their disobedience. Many experienced a shortened lifespan because of their disobedience. We live our lives beneath your wrath. We end our lives with a groan. Seventy years are given to us. Some may even reach eighty. But even the best of these years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear, and we are gone. That's Psalm 90, verses 9 and 10. The promises of protection in this psalm are only for those who are willing to live in the shelter of the Most High, to take up residence there. The detailed description of God's protection includes deliverance from hidden danger, protection from fatal disease, a shelter of protection, freedom from fear, safety in the midst of massacre, protection from calamity, an angelic escort of protection, and victory over Satan. The Lord himself declares that he will protect those who love him. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will satisfy them with long life and give them my salvation. Join us in two weeks for our next episode of Relevant Truth. Never miss an episode of the podcast by subscribing on iTunes. If you like this podcast, why not rate and review the podcast on iTunes? You can also visit my website, relevanttruthpodcast.com, where you will find an archive of all of my messages and book recommendations. You can also contact me at rockrevmason79 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.